0: What's happening, RSL Nation? It's your boys, Adele and... The Baker. With another episode of The Scarf Life Podcast. The Baker. Homie, What's how are you doing?
1: I mean, you know, n- no complaints here. No complaints. Uh, I can honestly say that as far as entertainment value goes, being an RSL fan...
0: High out, high high ROI on the, just the whole entertainment aspect of it all. There's definitely a lot of return. It depends what you're investing, but yeah, it's been <laughs> it's been a busy few days, hasn't it? The by the way, RSL Nation, we are recording this shortly after the uh, RSL versus Seattle Sounders two two game has been completed, so you know what time and space we're in. And the last time we recorded was last week. I want to say Tuesday, just before we were supposed to play a Wednesday game. So let's recap super quick. Since the last time we recorded, which believe it or not, was a week ago. We were supposed to play a game. Then we didn't play the game because the team boycotted the game due to uh, protesting in favor of... um, racial injustice within the united states the day after our owner goes on the radio does all sorts of crazy stuff and we talked about that a little bit last time around a couple of days later the team travels to portland is down by two goals in the 90th minute and that game ends 4-4 we get a point out of that they scored two goals <laughs> after the 90th minute and then today the game, the team makes two comebacks and gets a point from one of the best teams in the league right now the Seattle Sounders right yes small detail i missed there a few days ago on a sunday the morning after that incredible game it is announced that the owner of the team deloy hansen a mr deloy hansen has officially decided and publicly stated That he is indeed selling the club and all of its assets. Right. Yeah. How much more entertainment can you pack in seven, eight days? I mean, I mean, not to keep adding. I challenge
1: anyone to. (laughs) Right. And and not to keep adding to that, but Andy Carroll has also taken a leave of uh, absence from from his role with the organization, Mm -hmm. and um, uh, uh, John Kimball is now our interim president and not even our just all of utah soccer so that includes real salt lake uh,
0: utah royals and the monarchs as well as the academy yep. and the high school and he's a former rsler currently with major league soccer so he's coming in to run the club on behalf of major league soccer If i right. understood he, that correctly he, and his
1: his his actual daytime job is um the president of uh vivant
0: arena or whatever so, some kind of an executive. So, listen, let's spend two minutes. I want to talk about just in these, in this week, mm-hmm. the, the, these, let's just say, seven, past seven days, we, we were supposed to have three games. We had two. We had two incredible comebacks against very good teams. In both cases, we were, we were underdogs, and we were especially underdogs as the result was progressing throughout the, the game. With all of the breaking news happening everywhere, with the media attention, with the fans absolutely losing it, completely getting divided. Oh, also one other small thing. you and I were featured on the Fox thirteen in a video and an article. Yeah. Oh, that did, see? That that's how busy the week has been. I forgot about that. Right. You we forgot were to... on a major we were on a major local news outlet. Completely forgot about that. Didn't even talk about that. Right. So it has been a very interesting seven days. So let me let me just let me just say this, and we can get into the fans and all the stuff, but we don't need to. Let's just talk about the team for for a second. Right. They had every every excuse imaginable in the book to just tank it over the past week or so. I mean every who would have blamed them if they just dropped goose eggs over the last two games, lost four zero in Portland, lost three, one home to Seattle. Right. No one would have blamed them for sure. I, I just to acknowledge and thank, I want to acknowledge the character of the team and thank them for hanging in there, remembering whom they're doing it for. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the ability to, get any kind of result, you know, in, in this madness and especially in the manner in which they do it, um, I think speaks volumes at this point, you know, I think Freddie just like the dude can't get catch like a, a break. Like, so last year he's, you know, interim gets the job after, you know, Mike Petkey does his whole thing and, you know, there's a lawsuit and, you know screenshots of messages are being released and it's like the dude inherits the team in an absolute tire fire of a remaining of a season and and you know does extremely well and then this year it's like all right man it's your first year in charge you're pulling all the strings like you're getting a year you know he's got to deal with COVID he's got to deal with MLS is back and then phase one you know and, and now all of this and you know his boss's boss is you know selling the team so yeah i mean i mean i think to to kind of parrot what you said it's these guys are just you know their professionalism is showing and their ability to get results despite of the reality of you know everything going on outside the locker room and outside the field um it it that they're clearly just playing through it and and that needs to be applauded and and you know nothing but respect there
0: so let's dive right into it because I do want to with you eventually cover some of the news around the team ownership aspects, some of that Kyle Beckerman interview and its effect or impact on everyone else right. and the other accusations around the office. But before we do that, this let's, let's do something super refreshing, which is talk about footy for just a moment. RSL just finished that game 2-2 Seattle at home. I thought a point earned. Um, I did not think, so let's again dive right into the game. Mm-hmm. I thought RSL was the better team across the ninety minutes. I thought they were definitely a better team just before that penalty for Seattle. right. Your qu- uh, question for you, two questions, really., What's that? talk to me about any thoughts you had on that starting lineup. You see any surprises there? And secondly, let's get into that penalty specifically. Did you think that was a penalty?
1: I mean, okay, so two questions. So starting lineup. I'm I'm just gonna come out and say it at this point like i I have no idea what our starting 11 looks like. I don't know how much of that is due to you know who's getting minutes when who does you know Freddie prefer to play over whom um, i I think at this point, I am so, you know just so used to seeing um, some of those choices in the midfield that that you know they're clearly his ideal starting eleven, and then I'm not I'm not too shocked anymore. Um, it was good to see Glad back on the field. Him yes. being paired with Silva felt a little strange not versus Nedum, but you know, pairing. I mean, I think it's it is worth pointing out that I think we have a game against Minnesota in like four days here or something. So three days, isn't it? It's Saturday. Is it this? I I thought it was, I thought it was the sixth. Maybe. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, sometime this weekend we're playing Minnesota. So three, four days max. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of get having to rest some guys. Um, but yeah, all in all, I can say not surprised given what we've seen of Freddie starting 11th thus far this year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know Putna getting, getting the start again. I think at this point it's pretty pretty clear that Zach McMath has uh, lost that starting keeper position at yet another club. It seems absolutely clear. Yes. Yeah. So you know I can't blame I can't blame um, the coaching staff either. No, no, and I mean you know and no disrespect to Putna, but I think like you know because he had some of those really good performances when he was filling in for Raimondo you know, last yep. year and, and, and previous uh, seasons. Um, but I think tonight and some of the pressure that Seattle put on really exposed how poor he was with his feet, um,
0: which, which, yeah. you, you know, and, and it, it's well, against Portland too. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that first, that first goal, let's, let's be clear is completely on
1: him. Right. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of thoughts on the starting 11. Yeah. Um, and then your second question, would...
0: question question on the, on the 11. Um, there was a lot of calls for Rossi starting. I don't get that. No. I don't think Rossi has more than 30 minutes in him. Why the hell would you start someone? You know, you have to take off in the 30th. That's just, yeah,
1: stupid. even, even the 45 minutes. Cause he, so he came in at the halfway mark. Um, the dude was clearly gassed at the end. Like there were oh, passes oh. being made to him that he was not, like running too. Like he, he you does tell, not have more than thirty minutes in him. He literally does not have a minute more than thirty in him. He can't go a full half. Um no. and, and that's unfortunate. But at the same time, those thirty minutes that he's uh, is on the field at a high level, like he's clearly performing. Yeah. Um so yeah that's a that's a bummer. But yeah no Rossi should not be anything at least for from what I've seen thus far. No way is that making is that guy should that guy make it into a starting eleven. Uh, yeah, Agreed? Absolutely not. Let's go to the penalty. Yeah, so I get why it was called. I do. But that play happens a dozen times throughout the field without play ever stopping. Like, yep. Like by the letter of the law, by the black and white of it all, I totally get it. But th- this is where like maybe letter of the law versus intent of the law should be kind of weighed because if i remember correctly there was nobody in a green jersey anywhere near him when that happened like it was clearly like i'm going to punish you for the sake of punishing you and and it's like did it touch you know baird's or uh um Herrera's arm and was his arm in a weird position and you know was it a handball absolutely not gonna argue that at all but it is also the type of thing that you know does happen very frequently in a lot of games that never gets called and I think that's the part that bothers me
0: the inconsistency is the only thing that bothers me look from my perspective it's very clear it's a it's a handball it's a penalty did you watch I know you were out in nature during the Portland game I did. I did rewatch the Portland game afterwards. Yeah. Okay. So you remember the, the Chara handball? Yeah, of course. How the, f- how the heck is that not a handball and a penalty? And this is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's
1: the dude has his arms above his head and you know, the ref is claiming like, Oh, he has his arms to defend his face. It's like, no, his face isn't no. floating a foot above his head.
0: Um, And to the side, a foot above and to the side. Right.
1: Yeah, no, it's, you know. And and by the
0: way, you don't get to protect your face with your hands either. Right. It's,
1: you know, like it's to, to to go from one extreme to the other does feel exceptionally cruel. Um I, I have a problem with how both of those calls went. Obviously both of those calls went against the club I love, so it is worth noting that yeah. there's probably some kind of bias there. And you know Coincidence. We'll, we'll be the first to acknowledge that. But yeah, um not calling one on one end followed by a game where you get penalized by one that feels very, you know, let's let's say soft.
0: That's that that's your classic
1: double whammy in my opinion.
0: Yeah. No, I just look, I honestly I think that, that was a penalty. That should be a penalty. Um which one we're talking about now we're talk well both that's what I'm trying to say right So I think that the play tonight against us should be a penalty. That is a that's a handball is it clear I don't think so, but it's clear enough it's a penalty. by the same definition, the thing that happened last Saturday is a penalty. I mean quite literally that's all there is to it. My only problem is the lack of consistency across them. all yeah. right, so penalty, They put it away. Um, Obviously. I love the celebration. The celebration was like, if I am on that field, you're not leaving this field with both of your legs intact. Yeah, dude. Ladero is a piece of work, man. I mean, how how do our players – That's when he needs to thank the whole almighty that Kyle Beckerman is not on the field. Yeah, or Everton-Louise. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Because that's, I, in my mind, that's one of those things that's missing on that team with that lineup. By the way, I didn't have a problem with that lineup. I really didn't. I, you know me. I want to see Sam Johnson out there more and more. Uh, I think he should be starting. But other than that, I didn't see much of a problem with the lineup. I was a little shocked that, that both Beckerman and Everton were ready and neither started. So I'm assuming they'll both start next weekend. Um, but overall – I think it's missing some of the grittiness, even though that's a silly thing to say, considering the two comebacks they just right, had. Right. Some of the... How does that dude not get his legs broken after that celebration? Yeah, I mean, Corey Baird was some on a mission nasty... to foul everybody on that field. Corey Baird was, Corey Baird was channeling his inner Kyle Beckerman. Yeah. Anyways, seriously. the game carries on. Um, they score, we score, yada, yada, yada. And then a player you and I have both been criticizing quite a bit, yeah. Scores his very first MLS goal. And what in the world was that? We're always talking about Ruiz here. Right, obviously. What a what a goal. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just Googling to make sure it's actually his first uh MLS goal.
0: That's what the television said. Okay, well then
1: it's probably right. Um yeah, yeah, it it's so, so I think our criticism of Ruiz still stands. He is a defensive liability when it comes to a defensive midfielder. Like, I, I will never stop believing that based on his current play. That being said, he has absolutely taken his defensive responsibilities a little more seriously than, you know, when, we were, when I came to that conclusion, in my mind at least, in the MLS's back tournament. Which is good. Mm -hmm. Progress is always great to see, especially if it's happening within a season. Um, That being said, the trade-off there is that he absolutely brings you more options in offense. Um, I I do think he's a very creative player and a creative threat. And you know, it's sometimes it it takes a moment of individual brilliance to salvage a point out of a game, and and that's what we saw. I think we also need to acknowledge the you know bit of luck that. It did take a bit of a deflection off of a, you know, one of the Seattle players. Um, but you know, ultimately, no one's gonna like hold that against them. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But yeah, absolute props the props to him on on the performance this game and and honestly, last game and in, in the Portland game. Uh, we got to eat a little
0: bit of crow, and it's crow eating time for me, at least. Hey, man, um, you know, I I think unless there are other specific details, you want to talk about the game. uh, Let me just get back to just props to the team. Man, again, all the excuses in the world were there. No one was expecting a thing. They're playing in a nation divided, literally, like the United States. But in this case, even more importantly, RSL nation, right? For sure. For sure. Took it on.
1: I mean, ran with it. yeah, like Corey Baird, I think you could see the fight today and, and some of that frustration. But that Portland draw, I put squarely at the feet of, of Corey Baird. Like that last goal, he willed that into existence. Like he's like, I am getting this yep. ball to Sam Johnson if it is the last thing I do
0: on earth. Corey Baird has been the player of the season since the restart. Well, since... Actually, you know what? I will, I will include the Orlando stuff in there yeah, as he was well. Good. He was good in Orlando, but I do feel like he's been playing better now that we've had well, something resembling a regular season, quote unquote. And we had that discussion during one of the Orlando podcasts when, when I was talking specifically around the fact that it wasn't that long ago that I thought Corey Baird was an absolutely second choice to just about anybody else. And I was specifically talking about Plata in that case, right? Because I was comparing, you know, last year. And one of the things I pointed out is that when he gets the ball, his level of capability and skill and quickness was significantly less than that of Plata, right? Or anybody else in that case, in that position. That has completely changed. He has, he has made a complete believer out of me. I just, I love what I'm seeing out of the kid. I hope we keep seeing it. Just carry on and just carry on. It's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, Anyone else yeah, stand out? Sure. I thought M Silva did pretty good. I didn't see any issues with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's worth noting that RSL as a whole has shipped a few more goals than, than I would like. Um, it, you know it is, it is a trend I'm, I'm noticing now. I, I think some of that does have to do with uh, Freddie's choices as, as far as lineups go. Um, you know, I, I think to your point, so, so like when I think of Seattle... I think of Ozzy Alonzo uh-huh. and, you know, just just how stout of a defensive midfielder he was and, and and the level of grit he brought to that team. And I don't really think they've replaced that kind of that meanness, if you will, in midfield yeah. in, in Seattle. I, I think they've got some very creative pieces, especially in Ladero. But, like, you know, he's not going to, you know, like he's not going to get into it with a guy. So So I think the fact that neither – everton nor kyle was in the starting 11 when they were both available was kind of surprising because i think it was an opportunity to own that midfield um but yeah i mean man of the match i think has got to go to pablo ruiz for for salvaging that
0: point it has to i mean everyone did well again i would say um baird is the player of the season since the restart to me but tonight is probably him and um good. Love it. I, I, no one really stood out negatively too much. I thought Albert was pretty good in many cases. Again, not the $2 million player we're, we're expecting. But anyways, all right, let's, let's carry on, man. The other good big thing that happened last Sunday is the whole team ownership announcement. And you and I have posted plenty about it. Right. But we haven't talked about it. We so, there is a million hours of information on this out there by all sorts of outlets i think he's doing the right thing he being deloy hansen i believe that his statement is mostly genuine i don't think he's a good loser right I think, hey, look, now I'm just, this is not even conspiracy theory. This is just me, you know, reading into stuff. I don't know if he realized how much money it was going to take to run this club and how much he was going to be on the forefront of public opinion outlets and just public opinions in general. I think he probably thought he would like it. Again, I've met the guy just a few times. It doesn't take him. It doesn't take meeting him to realize that he is a bit of an attention whore, right? I think he misunderestimated. Well, that's 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 a oxymoron. He underestimated the level of scrutiny someone in his position would be. And I will repeat myself from last week. I don't think he's a racist or sexist or anything like that. Now we can debate that, but I don't think he is. I just, I think he's a spoiled billionaire who has not been questioned or challenged on anything in a very long time. Owning a team, having a public profile of the type that he has right now, people are gonna challenge you. People are gonna question you. And I think he's doing the right thing, not just for the club. Obviously the most important thing is that the right thing is being done for the club but I think he knows what he's doing. He's probably getting out. He'll probably get his money back. He might not make any of it, but I think he'll be very relieved when it's just off his shoulders. He doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna gonna disagree with a lot of what you just said. Um, I, I, I don't think he wants to sell the club. I think at this point it's been made very clear to him that he could fight this thing that's coming But the outcome is still the same, right? Like I I don't think he's doing this to like, you know, be the bigger man, quote unquote. No, I'm not saying to be the bigger man. I think he wants it off his plate. Yeah, yeah. Too much work. I I think he's I think he's recognizing that no matter what else happens, he will not be the owner of Real Salt Lake. Like I think that was made very clear to him. Which is good. It, It it's good that there are finally consequences. I think the fact that Deloy Hansen is you know let's keep this family friendly is a is a jerk is very well known across the valley at this point. Yeah. Um I do think, especially given how some of how so, so there's a lot of allegations out there right now. A lot of them people have come out on the record, which is it, it's good that there's that level of hey, I am claiming this happened and here's my name. If if what some of what has been said on internet is true, this man has created an environment that is absolutely toxic. And, you know, I, I'm, I might disagree. I, I do think he's a bit of a racist and a sexist. Um, I don't think he's like a card carrying member of the KKK or anything, but some of his language and the choices and words that he makes are absolutely not appropriate in today's society. Um, I, I wasn't comfortable saying that in our last episode just because you know I didn't know how much was true at that time, but having and, and once again, it, it, this is what other people are claiming, but a lot of other people are claiming very similar things, which which definitely has my attention. so there there's that whole part of it, but and, and this is a very hard regardless, but let's say regardless of any of that, let's say it wasn't true and these were all things that were, people were making up. I'm not saying that's the case, but let's say that was the scenario he clearly is no longer good for the club. And I think based on some language that people whose opinion I trust very much and very highly, he was never all that good for the club to begin with. So I I think having him sell opens up the room for, you know, and and I think our next talking point is that Kyle
0: Beckerman interview to some people that want to win. So let's get into the callback of an interview because I think we agree on this and, and majority of RSL nation, because at this point it is beyond whether he's a sexist or racist, right? At this point, I would say whether you are on board with whether he is a racist guy or not. Again, you and I disagree on whether he is or not. The callback of an interview amongst others has clarified that it would just be good for the club and it's success to change change ownership. So tell us, what what do you remember from the Kyle Beckerman interview? Because yeah, I only walked away with it would be good to have an owner that wants to win.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's that's kind of the that's the tagline, right? Like that's the big that's that's going on all the headlines. Um, and and Kyle Beckerman, he, not even strikes me. Kyle Beckerman is the type of dude who isn't going to say something publicly on the record unless he genuinely believes it and is going to stand behind it. And the reason I say that, and then I mentioned this story to you off air is a few years ago, well, more than a few years now, a while back, Kyle Beckerman was having his season exit interview. And it was during one of Kassar's very poor years. And a reporter flat out asked him, Hey, do you, do you think Kassar should come back? Like, Is, you know, is, that, is that versus all the good years Kasar had? Oh, yes, versus the the 2014 season where Kassar inherited an MLS championship-caliber team and ran it into the ground. Um, so, so you know, Kyle Beckerman gets asked this question, which I think at that time was on the minds of a lot of RSL fans in RSL Nation.
0: and I know we were barking for it. For
1: sure. And I'm never going to forget this because it was such a classy move from Kyle. You know, he kind of like snapped a little at this reporter and he goes, I mean, like, you know... Like, what kind of question is that? Like, I'm not going to condone a man getting fired. Like, he wasn't comfortable taking the stance because he knew the implication it, it had. Like, he was aware of it at that time. So I think for Kyle Beckerman now, many years later, to come out and flat out say that he's genuinely excited for new ownership and that it's, quote unquote, you know, get, in, get somebody in there that wants to win, spoke volumes to me. Um, absolutely.
0: And, and it And it absolutely was a paradigm shift in my head. No, I, uh, same here. Same here because I stopped looking at it from we're trying to, we're trying to exile this person because a fraction or a large portion of RSL nation thinks he is, again, whether a racist or a sexist, all these different things. You have to remember a large portion still doesn't, right? And this, this just, it, you said it correctly. It's a, it's a shift, complete mind shift because yeah, we do need someone that owns the club that will do a few different things. And we'll talk about potential ownership and what could happen here in just a second, but someone who wants to win. And just for the, that sake, I think uh, Brian Dunseth said it best. It's, it's someone, we need someone to whom this is monop- monopoly money. He said it during the broadcast tonight. I know you're in the Northwest. You might've been listening to the Seattle broadcast.
1: I was listening to the Seattle broadcast. Okay, and I almost you're blew missing, my brains oh, out.
0: You are missing out, homie. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Um, so, yeah, he said something along those lines. I can't remember exactly because, you know, I was trying to do 19 different things at the same time. But uh, he mentioned something. Can, I can't remember the exact quote, but they need someone to whom this is monopoly money, right? right. Not someone who's going to invest a large portion of their net worth into this right but someone right. i read this article many years ago because i was you know i always try to make plans for myself and for one at one point in my life I was like you know what my, my ultimate plan would be to own a soccer club someday i'm like Heck. what do these guys do how do they get make all this money it turns out no one makes money you do not own a soccer club to make money right the guys are the people that own these clubs they're toys to them, I'm sure some do make money. I hear Bayern Munich is still profitable, but they're an incorporated, you know, corporation. They don't. No one owns them. But it's a toy, right? You get it. You're never gonna get your money back in it. It's like have, being a hobbyist, um, and you're collecting classic cars. You don't actually think you will ever make money on them, right? You're just collecting them because because you like them. So I thought that was an important point there. But I do think it's a paradigm shift, as you said. I think we as RSL Nation, let's just forget about all the other stuff. It, we need something to unite around. Right. I, I think ownership by someone or someone's right. who are serious about winning to the point of spending serious dollars to win is the ultimate goal here. Right. Whatever comes out of it, it's awesome.
1: Right. I'm. I mean, I think your point about no one owns a soccer club to make money. I think that's true. Like in the year-to-year running of the club, it's kind of like owning your own house. Like you don't own a house to generate revenue, clearly. But the value of that house, in most cases, at least in the U.S., is going to increase. So, so I think there is like this, you know. This thinking about, okay, this is an asset that will appreciate in value over the next decade. And then when I sell it, it will be for more money than what I bought it for, you know? So, so, so there is like, there is some financial incentive of owning a, a club, especially in the MLS where the league is growing year over year, over year, over year.
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure the franchise fee alone went up by $200 million right so, since RSL was formed. Right. So, so there is, you know, there, there is value there, obviously.
1: Um, yeah, we, we, we need something new and new and like, I will always be thankful to the lawyer for the academy and, and for, you know, the stadium and and for the screen and, and some of the infrastructure investments that he made. I I'm, I will f- be thankful for him, you know, bringing the Royals over and then having the Monarchs and and all that awesome stuff that that came under his his ownership. Um, it is worth noting that, you know, in the, in in the case of the Harriman uh, Academy, he owns a bunch of land around that complex that he is turning into housing. So like, he he is making his money in other ways. He is what you know. He's fully stacked. So I, I doubt he'll be hurting anytime soon.
0: Oh, um, well, he ain't hurting. I'm not saying he's hurting, <laughs> right? Um, no, you're, and you're right. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because you're usually the guy who will not say that because uh, you know, you, you get stuck on something. It is important for us to recognize that. Now, before we shift into potential new ownership and the rumors out there, because I think that's the next best thing for us to do, uh, let's lead lead in with this because of the infrastructure that is in place now, which you're right, includes the academy, the high school, right? The multiple academies, the high school, the royals, the monarchs, and obviously Real Salt Lake and all of its, you know, team stores and such all around the city. It I am very... I feel very confident and comfortable saying that Real Salt Lake is not going anywhere. So let's spend a couple of minutes talking about who is being talked about as potential new owners, right? So first of all, I'll just list three. Okay. Um, first of all, there's Josie Altidore and that BS group that he's talking about, right? Right. The second group I'm hearing about is the Millers, basically. The, right. the people that own the Utah Jazz and the rest of Utah, more or, right. or less. Right. Everything and that Deloitte third... Hansen doesn't own. Yeah, basically. By them. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a split down the, down the middle. Um, and the third is Ryan something. I forgot his name. Um, Qualtrics we, we Dude. Did, yes, Qualtrics Dude. We wrote him on Twitter. Haven't heard back yet. Did you see that tweet? <laughs> I did. <laughs> so... Those are the three I'm hearing seriously about. So Josie and that group, remember what mm. I just said. First of all, I don't want freaking Josie owning it, right? right. Um, second of all, I don't think Josie can afford it. I just said the franchise license alone has gone up $200 million. It's like north of $250 million right now, right, to, to buy an MLS franchise license. That's if your city gets awarded it. Right, and on top of that, you have the stadium that's worth tens of millions of dollars. Right, you have the contracts, you have the academies, you have all the real estate that comes with it. Um, it is just a rich deal. I'm not saying Josie can't do it, but if there's an organization, and Josie Altidore is heading it up, an still active player in the MLS, last I checked, right? Like that's just silly. Yeah, and I love love the RSL nations romantic ideas around it should be a collaboration that includes nick romando right and josie Altador. i'm like yes that would be awesome include my dad in it right that will also be cool it would (laughs) all be cool right but this we're talking about different kinds of numbers yeah
1: and and i think and i think to what helps me put it into perspective so like no one's sitting here going josie doesn't have money dude is getting paid right <laughs> for many just to be clear overpaid for many years in a row oh yeah that guy well, has been overpaid ever since he's been in the u.s right the the, dude, well, I guess the, Canada, dudes, but... the dude's got the best agent in town yes um so so you know it, it's right hard there with to... michael bradley by the way right they're like it's... they're tight it's hard to, f- and here's the thing. No, like when he said group, like we don't know who that all entails. But if it's people of his, you know, net worth, he's gonna have to get. He's gonna have to get
0: a f- like twenty plus more people. Twenty, it, come on, man. If you're worth twenty, so this is what I'm talking about. This is the monopoly money thing I'm talking right. about. Yes. Right. Yes, and
1: and no, that was to put in a serious like yeah. bid. The act of running it also costs money. And and yeah. here's here's the here's the perspective change. So a billion dollars is a thousand millions. Like, think about that. It, you have to be a millionaire literally a thousand times over to be a billionaire. Yeah. And realistically, so Deloitte Hansen was a billionaire conservatively two to four times, depending on what you're using as a source. So we want somebody who's a millionaire, like, Realistically, six, seven, eight thousand times. Josie yeah. ain't it. Ramondo ain't it.
0: And uh, they're rich. And the they're rich. rich. And no one's saying they're not rich. This no, is like, it, um, remember when Jay Z was making a big deal about being owner of or part owner of the uh, Brooklyn Nets? Right. It was like a tenth was, of a percent. Yes, it was a fraction of a percent. Um, but there are dudes that are actually serious rich out there, so <clears throat> I don't know what that group entails, right? Don't get and, me wrong, and, and maybe who the hell wouldn't want Nick Romando as a part owner? Like, if I'm an actual billionaire, like some of the others we'll just talk about in a second, mm-hmm. and I'm buying RSL, I would actually let Nick Romando buy in, hell,
1: right. you know, I
0: wouldn't even charge him, I would give him a tenth of a percent just for the sake of him being you know on my staff. He can be my ambassador walking right. around representing ourselves. Right. A, a, a really good example of that is LAFC.
1: So, like, mm-hmm. everyone's like, LAFC, they got Will Ferrell, Magic Johnson. You know, I, I think well, Magic like, is actually rich. No, <laughs> like, no, like, so for, for sure, for sure. But when they talk about that LAFC ownership group and everyone goes on this list of celebrities, they act, <laughs> that entire group of celebrities actually owns a relatively small percentage of LAFC. I know this for a fact because the company I work for is also owned by the same company that owns the majority share of LAFC. They never talk about that holding group because it's a bunch of no name billionaires, but that's, that's where you get the actual LAFC money.
0: Like one of those guys, I know this for a fact because he also owns a club in England and in Eastern Europe actually owns the lottery in like Malaysia, right? That's real money. Right, right. That that's, that's that is money. Right. that is like, eh, I lost hundred mil this year. Eh, who cares? Right, right. Like, that's money. So I think we just need to be, we need to be realistic. Did right. you did you see? By the did you see that crowdfunding page that started uh, started by Stuttgart in Germany um, to uh, buy Lionel Messi? Oh, oh yeah, it's got like something like four hundred ninety pounds. Yeah, four hundred ninety pounds, and the goal is nine hundred million. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. So, Hey, they're the this, dream. None of this stuff means you shouldn't dream, but look, I really, I, I honestly, personally, I love Nick Romando. We all know. Everyone loves Nick Romando. I would love Nick Romando to be in whatever in a capacity, in a major capacity with an RSL. And does not have to be like a player capacity. I mean, coach capacity, right? Because right. for some reason, that's the default that all the former players need to go to. He seems like an extremely smart guy. I think it would be a smart move for whatever group is taking over RSL to include a Nick Romando in there, right? For sure. We'd for would love sure. to see Nick Romando, keep Tony Beltran on there. Maybe they get some the competitive fires or juices flowing. But let's move right. on to like some actual what I think would make sense. Right. All right. The the Larry H, well, the the, the Miller group, the Miller group, let's just call it that. Uh, That Obviously they own like every car dealership in Utah and they own the Jazz and the Delta Center. I know that's not what it's called, but that's going to be the Delta Center for me forever. They obviously have a little cash. They're about to pay Donovan Mitchell $155 million or something. Right, It is over many years, like five years, but still. So they obviously have a little bit of money. So right. what are your thoughts on them?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think real... So, I mean, I'm going to spoiler alert. I think the people that we actually end up as... That end up being the new owners, we haven't heard of them. Like, I genuinely believe that. They're, not, that. Go, they're not on Twitter going, hey, I'm going to buy this club. They're trying to devalue this asset as right. much as they possibly can before they purchase it. So they're and not they, showing they hate, any they interest they
0: hate, they hate the Josie's of the world. because they you're right. bringing up the value. Right. I mean, right now, to be fair, cause I I, I hope to save that for the, our last option, which is like someone we have actually not heard about, including the Millers and everyone else. Um, but I do want to point out to you, mm-hmm. to RSL nation and the rest of the world that we as RSL nation of Scarf Life have officially put in a bid, we have. I have not seen another bid. Correct. We're the only yeah. bid out there. We've we have a number out there. Yes. Nineteen dollars if I remember correctly. Twelve. It was twelve dollars. Stop bidding us up. We it's haven't right. even Yeah, we haven't please. had a counter offer. Yeah. So it is out there. Twelve dollars right. is on the table. Right. Take it, and or leave I'm pre- it. I'm pretty sure it's legally binding at this point. No, you know what would be funny if we Yeah, that's how the internet works. What if they're like, yeah, I'll, we'll take it. And then we find out they have $150 million in debt. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> then we're going to have to get a lawyer. But right. I'm pretty sure it's a legally binding agreement. It's on Twitter. We offered $12 for the club and its works and the, the holdings. So Absolutely. All right. I'm so, oh, so, sorry. Back to the Miller Group. Yeah, the Miller Group. So I think they're, they, to me, out of the ones we've heard,
1: are the most likely for, obviously, they actually have the resources to do it. But then the, the second kind of reason is that th- they're in the business. And, and so when I say in the business, I mean, you know, sports as entertainment. So, so there's this concept of economies of scale where like, if you need to buy a thousand Budweiser cups to put $9 beer in, you know, starting that from scratch is difficult. But if you're already buying a 10,000, you know, Budweiser cups every week anyway, you now have that existing relationship, and it becomes cheaper for you to buy additional cups versus net new cups. So they already know what it takes to have a weekly sporting event that you need to host, and everything that goes along with that: security, mm-hmm. vendors, um, uh, broadcasting rights, you know, media, uh, fan stores, social media, all that stuff. So, so they know you know, from, from having owned the jazz or from owning the jazz, I should say they know what is all required in the running of a sports franchise in the state of Utah. And and to me, that is the appeal there. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it, I think it'd be, you know, the, the Millers are Utah through and through obviously. Yes.
0: So Thank that you. I'm would, glad you said that. Cause that to me is one of the most appealing things, right? Right. It alleviates that threat of the team might end up somewhere. So, and again, that's option number four. Um, No, I think that's the most appealing thing to me. They're they're, they're Utah through and through, like you said. Um, I don't know what it costs to run the Jazz, but I bet you it's a multitude of what it costs to run Real Salt Lake, right? Right, for sure. Let's just say if the lowest paid Utah Jazz player woke up tomorrow and was making as much as the highest paid RSL player, they'll probably cry right because i'm pretty sure the minimum nba salary is like 3.5 right now right it's it's something ridiculous at least that's a salary oh it's up there it's a lot of money i'm talking about like the regular guys let's just say the top eight or ten guys right the ones that actually play and it's not garbage minutes so it's a lot of money um obviously you know all the different things the other thing is this yes urs utah through and through the third thing is the Utah Jazz are the first of its kind in the NBA where they made some kind of a share – not a shareholding, but I can't remember exactly what Gail Miller did with the team.
1: Yeah, it was like a Utah a, trust,
0: basically. Yeah, it was yep. put into a trust, which is the closest thing within the U.S., at least in the NBA, um, to multiple people owning the team, or, Right, um, which is good. That means she is looking for a time – Or looking forward to a time beyond her time, right? Where you don't have a single person that can make the decisions to ruin the community, right? And the last thing is this, and this is—I'm not sure if this is documented or not—but I heard a lot about this years ago. Millers were very interested in actually purchasing this—the the 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 rights to Rail Salt Lake before it was known as Rail Salt Lake. So basically, the MLS franchise to salt lake and they didn't they lost out to a different group obviously and that's one of the reasons again rumors that we don't have a downtown stadium
1: right i knew i do know that they fought the stadium and the actual ownership after they didn't get it so there is a bit of like
0: hey you kind of tried to make this not happen for a minute chief yep well i mean they're not good losers (laughs) right so there's all of that going for them and everything you said I don't know what the team is gonna cost. I have no idea. I know the stadium alone is like 100 mil probably, 70 to 100 mil, right? There's the, obviously the franchise license alone that's worth a lot of money and then you have the entire infrastructure. You have the other two teams. It's gonna be, be a very large deal. So let's get to the last guy that we know about, the last person we know about. That's for some reason being talked about which is Ryan Caltricks. I know his last name is actually Caltricks. Right. But it's it's a local boy apparently a sports fanatic. Uh, we did Twitter him too as well. We, we also him. tweeted at him. Very innocent question. You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much would you like to own a professional soccer team? Also, it's right Ryan Smith, uh, just FYI. Yeah, it is Ryan Smith. Never heard back. Ryan Smith is freaking loaded. Right? He runs one of the companies known as Unicorns, um, which is You know, startups to go to multi-billion-dollar valuations. Um, I can't remember exactly what he's worth, but it's billions with an S. Mm -hmm. Right. It it's 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 up there. It's up there. Um, Sports fanatic, also Utah fanatic. Right. And apparently, he doesn't have much to do these days. (laughs) Yeah. So uh... so for some reason, he's being talked about a lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was he did, you know, tweet on his end, um, you know, about, I they have my number or something to that um, effect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it'd be awesome to have, uh, you know, to have that kind of that kind of money. Um, I do know that Qualtrics is like, you know, coming up on a IPO here pretty soon, an initial public offering. Um, so dude's going to have even more money than he has now. And, you know, maybe owning a, a Utah soccer franchise or franchisee franchises, because it does include the Royals and the Monarchs mm-hmm. is, is just the kind of hobby he would need. Um, and, and I, I, you know, like he's definitely appealing like tech money and, and, you know, like that's, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and complain about, about what that would potentially mean.
0: Yeah, look, before we get to the fourth option, which is a lot of options, let, let's just remember this. He, he's got a Mark Cuban vibe to him, from, from my perspective. The very little I've seen of him. Right. right. <clears throat> and, I mean, that worked out pretty well. For sure. The, um, anyone with roots in Utah is ideal. But roots in Utah is almost secondary what is most important to me and I think RSL nation is someone who's going to keep the whole infrastructure here. We want the Royals. We want the monarchs, right? We want obviously RSL here. We would love for the Academy to stay here. I mean, we would we want the high school to stay here ideally, right? Cause that's how you build the infrastructure. We talked about this many times over the last few years, which is look, as we are right now, we are a team that will always have to feed from the Academy. Now, some loaded dude or gal comes in, that can change, right?
1: Yeah, you suddenly have someone who wants to pay transfer fees and understands why that's important.
0: Yeah. Maybe, look, and I always hear this, people don't want to come to Utah. Like, since when? That's such a myth. That's a long-lost myth. Really, you're telling me people will go to Columbus but not Utah, right? Um, Other than the beaches and the weather, what does LA have? Uh, Right. I mean, I mean, let's
1: like, um, Polito went to Kansas City for crying out loud. Right. It's not like Kansas is you know this metropolitan business. There's not a lot of
0: places I would not move for a well-paying job. Right.
1: You you throw enough zeros behind that offer, and all of a sudden, anything becomes possible.
0: Gone. So I mean, we do have to consider that there is a potential that if someone super rich buys it, that, that. we're less dependent on the other things. I will still say in the long term, it's, I mean, look at our current team, it's mostly academy, right? That doesn't mean you can't mix in the academy and the people that are coming up with a couple of big money transfers. Again, look at Kansas City, like you said. Uh, Turns out you get what you pay for, (laughs) right? in a lot of cases. I mean, there are exceptions to the rule. Remember, we paid nox to nothing for, for Plata, Plata when he first came over. Right, That worked out all right until the very end. but uh, So there's that. Um, The last option is an option that we have never even heard about. Right. And and once Um, again, that's the one I think is most likely. Maybe. um, Maybe, maybe, maybe. It could also be a combination of a lot of the things. I was just reading about AS Roma getting sold. Did you hear hear about that at all? No, no, I didn't. Yep. So it was one big money firm to another big money firm. And I mean, it's different over there. You can't, it's not a franchise. You can't pick up the team and move it. Right. Um, but I really hope that Lloyd does this one last solid because I always was always thought he was genuine about the Utah community and society and wanting to have a team for us, you know, Utahns here, <clears throat> that he is very careful in who he sells to. I know he has probably limited say, but he has got a lot of it still. Um, And if it is some conglomerate outside investment firm, you know, that there are reasons why to keep him here. Right. Yeah.
1: I think the, I think the days of a very simple, who owns RSL, Deloitte Hansen owns RSL, those days are done. I I do think the nature of, you know, of, of these. You know these these corporations, essentially these investor groups, whatever you want to call it. I think it's very likely that's the route we go. Um, There is one option that you know people are tweeting about that I want to briefly talk about, Um, and it's like the you know have some kind of mechanism for fan ownership. And I get it. I would absolutely love a piece of paper on my wall that I'm going to buy a very nice plaque for. That says I own a part of RSL. It's going to be awesome. The the okay, so I so I did the math. I wanted to have a good argument. I assumed that if you're own, if you're a season ticket holder, you'd be willing to invest, you know, this type of money into quote unquote owning the club. So I went. So I went with a number of ten thousand owners, right? Mm-hmm. Just for the twenty nineteen player salary. So, just 2019, you would have to invest north of $1,000 just to pay these players their salary. Yeah. Um, that's less than I thought it would be. Yeah, I didn't do the math. Yeah, but that's just for that year. Um, so, this was, you know, pre Albert getting his big bump and all yeah. that stuff. Um, so, while well, I appreciate the sentiment and the gesture, the places where that's actually an effective model is where every single team in the league has to do that. You know, that's where you have your Dortmunds and stuff. Yep. And then the other example I keep hearing is, uh, in American football, you know, gridiron football mm-hmm. and the green Bay Packers. Yep. A little bit of research has yielded the fact that those, that ownership is largely symbolic. Yeah. You did nothing actually happens. You don't get much say. Um, so, RSL nation, I appreciate where your head's at. I agree with you. it'd be super cool, but fans owning any kind of actual actual in, like investment piece of the club is probably ill-advised and might make us less competitive in the rest of the league when we get serious about it.:
0: Well, plus, there are rules around that, right? There are rules in American sports that, that limit the, capa- the, the capability of doing that. Um, again, that's why it took Gail Miller in that group years to actually get the NBA to agree to this limited thing that she's doing right now. But having said that, I completely agree with you. It does not have to be one of those kinds of ownerships where you are actually owning a, a respectable part, portion of the team. But this is this is why I'd be excited about e- either the Millers or uh, you know Ryan Qualtrics because the millers have a history of trying to do that so why not try it again i also think i'm not sure what the rest of the ownership in the mls looks like i don't know who owns all the other clubs but i think it would be pretty attractive for the mls to have an, M- uh, an mba owner right because it's an experienced family has run a team for decades but even someone like uh, ryan i mean if if they're buying this thing as a toy more or less Why not a lot, I don't know, 1% of the team's worth? Because you are going to pay a couple of hundred bucks just to have that piece of paper on your wall. So will I. Right. So, I mean. But yeah, but like, let's acknowledge it
1: as, as we're doing it because it's
0: fun. You're talking about people who actually think that there's an actual reason or or possibility. Like like
1: there's some advantage to us doing this. There's clearly not. Utah, and we all have you know, great jobs, and, and we, we're all hardworking, we're a hardworking population. Best economy Could, in the
0: country, apparently. We
1: couldn't afford to do this right. in a serious manner.
0: No, I think that's a good call out. I, I, do th- I, I agree with you on one thing. Well, no, I, I don't agree with you on it. But I think there's a the very good possibility that there is a buying or purchasing option out there that we haven't even heard about yet. Right. Delo is probably having steak dinner with somebody right now. They're discussing, you know, a, a many hundreds million dollar deal. Um, but we don't know about it. There's that. Right. Um, I, I, I also think, I mean, I think teams just cost so much these days. I got to know the last time someone bought a team, any team, I'm sure sure I'm missing it. There are a lot of teams being bought and sold in the world but i really don't remember the last time someone bought a team it always seems to be a group so yeah it, it could be a combination of all of these things that we were just talking about i have no idea i don't know right but there are pretty exciting times coming up so i am i'm i'm looking forward to what happens in the next what would you say i think we should see some some progress, because it seems like Deloitte is excited to move forward in this. As is the entire league. So I don't think we're going to wait very long to, to see some kind of progress here. Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't think it's going to be like, you know, like, like the, I, you know, the actual act of getting this bit of business done is probably going to take longer than most fans realize. Um, I do think once kind of an early front runner is established, it'll kind of, you know, fall like, like with a good trade rumor, I'm sure things will leak and news will get out. And yeah, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I think before year is out, we will have a pretty good idea about who will own this club in 2021 because I do think it's a multi month, you know, multi not multi year, but well into next year is when the I's are going to get dotted and T's are going to get crossed. And then after that, it's, we got to find out, you know, who this person is putting in charge and what kind of scouting they're comfortable doing and, you know, what their future and what their vision is. And, you know, how much they think season tickets should cost. Like yeah. there's all like nothing will ever be the same. And we
0: just need to embrace that at this point. Yeah. I like it. Honestly, I don't think it's going to take as long as you think it's going to take a while, but I don't think it's going to take, you know, that kind of time. Um, I, I think we're going to have a clearly defined ownership group or structure or whatever it is before next season starts. And I have, based on all of the other things I'm looking at, um, including you know health and projections and all these different things, I, f- I, have, full, I have full hope and high confidence that we're going to have a full season with attendance next year. Right. I don't think anyone buying into it wants to wait till the beginning of a new season or right. after the beginning of a new season to buy it. I don't think Deloitte wants to wait. I really think this thing is gonna get rushed. I think um again he seems like a motivated seller. There are a few motivated buyers. I do not see us getting to Christmas without a new owner in place, my personal opinion. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean I, I think you you are probably pretty you're right. Um if if I was you know, very interested in buying, which I'm sure there be, there are people that are, I wouldn't want to wait until the 2021 season.
0: That's yeah. Why would you, why would you go into a new year? I mean, uh, the prices on these clubs are probably as low as they will ever be. Right. 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 Um, And someone like some of these groups, I mean, the Millers can probably bring everyone together. Like you said, they're, they're specialized in selling out 20,000 person um, home games 41 times a year, plus the playoffs, right? Um, plus, you never know, what if we move the ride to downtown somewhere? There's all of that, all these possibilities out there. I don't think none of that is going to happen anytime soon. But I think ownership group will be in place pretty soon. Hey, man, I think we talked that to death. I think everyone knows our opinions by now. But I also think, here's my other projection. We got a game this weekend, we have a we have a game mid next week. Right. we we'll have to figure out when we do that on podcast next week. If it's Tuesday or Wednesday. Other than talk about two games, I'm predicting we will have something else, excuse me, big to talk about. I'm not sure what yet. I mean, there is technically a transfer window going on right now, for crying out loud. Technically. <laughs> yep. So, um, there's all of that. Anyways, right. anything anything else you want to talk about, or are we good for this evening?
1: I, I think for a post match quickie, we ended up going pretty long. And, oh, I forgot uh, that's what it was supposed to be. This was supposed to be a post match quickie. Which, hey, sometimes you just got to talk about stuff that needs talking about. RSL Nation, we'll catch you sometime next week. It's your boys Tuesday or
0: Simon. Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, unless something major breaks. I promise Correct. you, if someone buys the club between now and Tuesday or Wednesday next week, we'll, we'll have be opinions to
1: talk to you. Absolutely. Adios. Good night, RSL Nation.